Welcome to Easter term. The sun is coming out, lockdown is easing, and that means season seven of Switchboard is here. I'm Izzy, and I'll be your host this term, joined by a new guest host each week as I keep you in the loop, bringing you Cambridge news and voices wherever you are. This term, at the start of each episode, we're bringing you three headlines we think you should know about. This week, your headlines are the following. Rent Strike Cambridge has announced that at least 10 Cambridge colleges are planning to rent strike this term. Varsity reports that the demands of the strike will include a call for colleges to implement a 30% rent reduction for the 2020-2021 academic year, as well as a permanent rent reduction of 10% across all colleges. Despite facing pushback from some colleges, the rent strike is still gaining traction as colleges release open letters criticizing rent policies. Globally, Joe Biden has announced the aim of full withdrawal of NATO troops from Afghanistan by September 2021. Wanting to be the last president to preside over the U.S.-led conflict, Biden has decided to withdraw U.S. troops, and as a result, other NATO states are following suit. Biden has been praised for his decision by Barack Obama. In science news, Cambridge researchers from the Milner Therapeutics Institute and the Gurdon Institute at the University of Cambridge have developed a new class of drug that could treat acute myeloid leukemia, as reported by Varsity. They have also identified particular mutations in cancer patients that would allow them to be treated with immune checkpoint inhibitors, a type of immunotherapy drug. And now, on to the episode. Well, welcome to episode one of Switchboard. Today we're talking about people's experiences of Lent and what being in Cambridge or being away from Cambridge was like for a variety of different people. My guest host today is Theola. Hi, I'm Theola. Um, I study HSBS at Homerton and I was initially at home for a bit during Lent term, but then I baked and wound up back at Homerton. Were there many people back? What was your experience like being back in Homerton during Lent? There was only two other people in our corridor and there were actually other people in the building, which I found out later, but because you don't really know who's there, it kind of felt like you're the only person in the whole building. So I was, I didn't come back to Cambridge. I was at home in Italy with my family for all of Lent, which was good. I mean, it was, it was difficult being, I think Lent was difficult for everybody and it was difficult sort of adapting my university schedule to a home setting, especially when nobody else was really kind of on the same schedule as I was. But it must have been nice being back, at least in college, with a few other people who could understand what you were going through. Definitely. I do remember some, like, really nice moments where, like, pancake day, that was a fun one. (laughs) We made, like, the worst pancakes in the world, and they had zero flavour. But that was a bonding experience of, like, doing it together. Having those people around did make the experience of Lent term better. Like, I'm really grateful that I had people around me that kind of like the sense of normality how has Lent changed the way that you're going to do Easter term I'm going to try and go to bed and wake up similarish times I feel like that's the one thing Lent term helps with yeah yeah no that makes a lot of sense one thing about being alone is you can kind of figure out what routine works best for you and then kind of keep that going yeah definitely when you're like alone with yourself for like for that long like I was I was joking with people I know like I've literally just been talking to myself like the whole of Lent term because there's no one around yeah what are you looking forward to about Easter term everything just groups of six I was already excited for that no people are just so ready to be outdoors socializing as much as they possibly can which honestly is such a nice change after having been 
indoors and alone for most of Lent. Well, this episode, we have a bunch of interesting interviews for you. We're going to speak to someone from RAG who's going to tell us about how she organized the blind dates during Lent term and what that was like during a virtual term. Also speaking to a couple of people from Homerton who had varying experiences, both kind of dramatically different experiences of Lent term. One who felt like his relationship grew as a result of having to maintain it over a long distance. And the other who, as many of us did, sort of experienced an increased feeling of isolation and had similar experiences that I think many of us have had. Diola is going to join me for those interviews and join me in having a chat with these people about what their experiences were like as we find out more about about what Lent term was like across a variety of Cambridge experiences. Theola and I sat down with Ashlyn to hear about her experiences living in college and being part of a society as big as RAG during a completely virtual term. I'm Ashlyn Richards. I study history at Girton. Were you in college or were you living out? What was your situation? So we were really lucky in the fact that we were able to come back. So I was in college. Most of my um, close friends also came back. So since you were in college, did you still, did it feel kind of similar to Michaelmas or was it still kind of a different experience? I suppose at the time it did, but we were saying when everyone starts coming back now, we honestly feel like the survivors, like, you know, when everyone's like coming back in the sun, you're like, you don't know what it was like, like, as you were like sitting there, like in the cold, in the dark, like struggling through the term. So I suppose looking back, it probably did feel very different. But at the time, it didn't, I don't think. That's the thing though, isn't it? It's often with retrospect that you often look back and you're like, God, that was a lot tougher than I remembered. Um, So it definitely felt different. But I probably do feel lucky in the fact that mine was probably a lot easier to cope with than other people who weren't able to come back or in like more difficult places to be. What was your college like in terms of letting you interact with other people and letting you mix? Uh, so it was it was pretty strict, but we were lucky. So there are eight of us in this flat. So it's four girls, four boys. So the girls were definitely in charge of kind of like coercing the boys every week into like completely getting dressed up for genuinely no reason. Like they'd come in like in trackies and be like, Mm-mm, like it's, it's suit and tie today. Like we'd all be in dresses. So no, we definitely did that. We literally did that like every week, which was I loved. But I think we'd played plenty of card games by the end of the term that I think we were all very ready to go home. Did it help you and your flatmates get closer? Like, do you think your friendship would be the way it would be? For sure. I think it has. We always say this, though, that I think like even lockdown as an experience is just kind of you do see your friends in ways that you would never normally see them like during periods of crisis. Like because we we, like as humans, you're not meant to be cooped up in a room with the same people. Like we're just we're not meant to do that. And I think like it does massive be bond you together and what is interesting now actually is the fact that like we're together so much less because now everything's open you can see things we actually probably are will be a lot less close than we were in that period just because you don't have to stick together and weirdly I think I'm going to miss it like I'm obviously very pleased I, I couldn't do that again and so while you were in Cambridge how much like how much could you get involved with things happening in town what was what was Cambridge even like outside of your flat It was genuinely like a ghost town. Cambridge and college were literally just empty and very sad to be around, like college particularly. So we ended up doing loads of walks. We would literally walk around Cambridge like late at night, like obviously then you could kind of meet up with another household like and socially I say and go for a walk. Castle Mound was a a hotspot. But yeah, so it was just silent. College particularly, like it was 
really really sad especially because obviously in first year like that kind of socializing aspect in college had been so huge and so important and really defined it and it was just empty it was literally it was quite an eerie experience I think often like it was just so silent and quite sad really like I think what's so amazing about Cambridge is that kind of like it's just such a bubble of energy and busyness and it really it really wasn't were a lot of people back in Girton or was it just so I live in Swirls so it's like flats near Eddington so I think Swirls had quite a like in comparison I think there were like 40% of people back whereas the college I think only had 10% because obviously it's mainly freshers as well so college hardly any but Swirls was a lot more than average so I know you said that you are you're part of RAG what was that like? What was it like being part of a society or being part of an organization like that, but like completely virtually? Yeah, so a big exec. So I was running the kind of event side of it. COVID had cancelled all the May balls and kind of it was like the grouping together of th- three different charities and to put on an online May event. And that was incredibly exciting. I think it was like the first lockdown. It was kind of like, you know, the period when it wasn't obviously wasn't ideal in any way, but there was a sense of like excitement, like we did something and it really like it was a lovely evening like it brought really felt like you brought the whole Cambridge community back together I was really honoured that I got to be part of it and I loved it so we did rag blind date twice which was really fun I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a really good idea to do it twice we don't normally do it and that got quite a lot of pickup but just in comparison to what it normally gets in person not the same and also I suppose it's just the excitement is lost slightly isn't it because you are just kind of stuck behind a computer screen But yeah, definitely tough. And also a big issue was competing against other charity societies, I felt like, because obviously there's such a limited like pool of events you could run. You'd be like, oh, look, they're also doing a scavenger hunt. Like, like?" so that was like definitely something like to navigate around. But then with that being said, so I'm the new co-president of RAG. I think a big thing that I'm very keen on launching is kind of we've, we've developed a new role in the exec called partnerships. And I think like, a big thing that I'm very keen to do is partner with the other Cambridge charities. I think like for me, the idea of competing with another charity just feels a bit weird, especially at Cambridge. Like we're all in it for the right reasons. So we should definitely do it together. So I think a big thing is to work together on that. And I think that'd be, I don't know, if COVID can bring like big charity organizations together, that seems a win for us and a lose for COVID. No, I think that's a really nice way, a nice way to think about it as well, that like, maybe in in all of this the Mm. same way you and your flatmates got closer because you're all stuck together like maybe in a larger sense we'll come out of this a little bit closer for sure and like yeah it is that kind of shared collective experience also what is amazing is that throughout all of covid people were still donating to charity and willing to participate in stuff and like there were still all those pickups for like appeals and you do look at that like in a period of crisis and you think god like people are still willing to donate in times when people may not have as much and i think that is amazing and i think something that we should definitely remember as like a uniting point of covid it's really impressive that even you guys are still like mobilizing people and like organizing events and stuff when it's already such a hard time and like yeah for sure we're kind of allowed to be a bit selfish during this time but you're still being selfless 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but I think it was also just distraction. I think people were so bored and like it did give you a chance to like meet new people. Like, And the idea of like a blind date or a friend date, you just think, God, like it's a chance to actually meet someone new. I remember like when I met like the other co-president for the first time, I literally hadn't spoken to anyone new in months. And I was so excited. I was like, whoa, like a whole new person. Like, I think it does. I think people are so bored of the situation. Like, I know it, you can work with it because people want something new and if you can provide that then that's quite good yeah definitely how did the blind dates work virtually or how do they normally work and how did they work this time and was Mm. it difficult to transfer what would have been an in-person event to an online space massively so one of the best bits about blind date is the actual matching process so like it's really fun so all the blind date reps and college reps go into like this big hall that you hire out in a college and like you're literally just handing around forms swapping forms like it's really chaotic but really fun like a re- I, I went um as a fresher and I literally loved it and that was why I wanted to get involved in rag so the uh, for me anyway obviously because I was on the organizing side like the big loss was that I just think that was a really exciting really fun quite weird quite strange like messy but a really like fun experience and I thought the loss of that was tough also it means that it was a lot harder to involve the wider RAG committee like so we've obviously got the exec committee but the general committee is also a subsection and then also the rep structure who are crucial to the way RAG works so they're like in colleges like talking about like the events going on encouraging people to sign up and we always struggle slightly with rep participation but obviously when you have no in-person stuff and fewer events to run we really like felt that loss and I think that definitely made blind date a lot harder signing up for events a lot harder it was the loss of that kind of swapping process and in the end it was just a couple of us stuck behind a computer screen matching up people on excel which was not fun at all incredibly stressful literally looking at a screen for the whole time and just nowhere near as fun as it should have been and nowhere near as participatory is that word as it could have been like the fact that I love about RAG is that it's open to everyone to like getting involved and it was felt like there was a barrier to entry for people to be involved and that was annoying but in terms of the actual meeting up with people like the people signing up you had the choice of either doing it online or obviously socially distanced in person. And we tried to do it so that everyone in Cambridge was matched up. There definitely was some discrepancy. But I suppose we tried to get people who are in Cambridge to meet with hopefully other people in Cambridge, obviously like COVID permitting and like socially distanced and stuff. But yeah, that was kind of the approach we took. I was going to ask, do you think that anyone met the love of their life on the blind dates or at least like a good friendship? finding people to share their stories is tough I have heard good things and some of my friends have like met people and like had like at least a period with them but Cambridge people don't want to talk about it we've like if there's anyone out there who's like got married or had a boyfriend please get in contact because I would love to know so what you like your vision of rag is for the future going forth so hopefully stuff will be a bit more normal so I mentioned the partnership thing I think that's a definitely an avenue I'm pushing for I think like reaching out to other Cambridge society societies is just such a good way of getting the rag name out I think I also want to be slightly more transparent with what rag is what we do I think like we do such amazing things there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes but I think the actual what goes on is not actually very known and I think that's probably on us to just kind of especially with social media just to kind of open up our like doors the charities we support a bit more then also the big thing is obviously stuff is opening again so I think 
pushing on that club nights jcr events rag is gonna it's gonna be there we're gonna be part of it i just think like that boost towards normalness again is definitely hopefully the biggest drive yeah that sounds so exciting honestly i can't wait until we're going back to doing things in person (laughs) with that in mind what are you looking forward to about easter term and kind of the next few months both rag related and and separate separate to rag going out cannot wait after exams just going obviously i've also never seen cambridge in the summer so it's going to be gorgeous punting nice pubs i think that's going to be lovely i think also like that sense of coming back together to kind of what it once kind of was i think is going to be amazing meeting new people i think will be lovely and then for rag is pretty similar i suppose like going back to the events we once could run without all those limitations without the kind of like new government guidelines of suddenly what we can't do is all about what you can do and it's up to you to be able to kind of make that happen do you have anything anything in the works anything you can tease us yeah, with yeah for sure some <laughs> partnerships coming up we're launching hopefully some maybe some new products like I think also a new kind of bit that we're going to go for is we're thinking about kind of welfare as well welfare support rag should definitely be involved in kind of helping so obviously like as much as I'm excited for stuff to become more normal again it's not ever going to be quite the same obviously people are also coping with loss and like mental trauma or mental experiences that haven't been good at all so I think to offer some support some like stuff that could help people who maybe are struggling slightly more is definitely something we're gonna do it was super nice to meet you thank you so much for being here it's lovely hearing from you after a really interesting and insightful conversation into what it was like to transition rag to an online space and what living in college during the lockdown was like, we heard from Colin and about the way that his relationships, both with his family and with his boyfriend, changed over the course of Lent. So my name's Colin. I do MML at Homerton, doing French and Russian, and I spent Lent lockdown in rural Scotland. <laughs> were you were you staying with your family? Were you staying with friends? What was your situation like I was staying with family I was staying with my dad and my sister so my like family unit I was staying with was it difficult like adapting your kind of university schedule to living with people who weren't doing university actually it was actually okay my sister is also at university she's at second year at Glasgow so we worked in the same room and we basically had a kind of roughly the same day so yeah it was it was okay in that sense we're sort of self-motivating because she is doing what most courses that aren't MML are doing and doing sort of pre-recorded lectures every day. So my nine to five was a slightly more structured than her. So I think we helped each other. No, I think it's the same with any, if you've got two siblings in a household studying together, especially when Cambridge has this sort of sacred entity that is the supervision and you kind of, you're, you feel like a stagehand beforehand, like asking for silence, then sometimes it can be a bit, a bit, especially if, my family has this thing of not checking before opening a door. So, so many times my dad has my dad has sworn in the same room as when I've been having a supervision, I've had to like hastily mute. So no, I think it's um it has done nothing but test, I would say. Test in terms of work, but in terms of relationship, yeah, the exact same. It hasn't I still talk to my sister. We're all good. Yeah, that was similar to my like my sister was doing school obviously not university, but she was also doing school from home. 
So a similar kind of situation. If anything, we definitely saw each other less because we would kind of only overlap at mealtimes. And other than that, we both had to be in our rooms doing our work. I'm very lucky. Actually. We have an office space in my house where with two desks. So my sister and I actually spent most of the day together which is good. It makes you feel slightly less mad. I think if you're in your room like you were, Izzy, I think perhaps you can feel slightly... The boundary between what is real and what isn't real can seem a little bit blur. Yeah, completely. I definitely felt that. Like, when you're just in your room, nothing about it looks like Cambridge, nothing about it looks like university. You're just sitting there, like, emailing your essay off into this mysterious email void. You have no idea if it's ever going to reach where it needs to go. And then you once a week meet with a supervisor, if that it feels completely different than being in being around other people who are working as well. Cause at least then, you know, you're kind of all doing something together, even if you're not actually working on the same thing. Yeah. I met my pastoral tutor today and I've never been more excited to actually meet someone who has any kind of authority in Cambridge COVID time is so bizarre because I have not met any of my supervisors bar one in person and that's just like normal yeah I didn't in person exactly that's it's funny how when you say meeting someone I just automatically think like a zoom like how we're doing now (laughs) I know but that's like the norm that's like the norm the fact that the fact that I haven't met the vast majority of my seminar tutors or supervisors is totally normal I think we need to realise that this none of this is normal. And that's why I don't like the phrase the new normal. I find it vaguely depressing because if this is the new normal, then yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And like I think I think I struggled a lot during Lent accepting that, that was that Lent was gonna be like that. Because I kept mm. thinking, if I accept it, then I, I've done nothing to try and change it. But to a certain extent, you need to remember that that's not how it, you need to kind of not accept it, or else you forget that like life isn't always going to be like this and it's not meant to be like this. And even having come back to Cambridge now, like it's so clear that there are, that that was not the only way that Cambridge was going to be. This is, there's a whole different world. The library is like a safe space, not in terms of like, like what a Hus member might say, but just the fact that you can see other people also working at the same time, which makes you feel totally non-mad. Oh, I definitely have beef with the idea of virtual libraries. I saw so many of those advertised during Lent term, like, oh, go to the virtual library. I had, the Zoom. MML library had virtual study spaces, which I think is the most earnest thing that Cambridge can offer as a virtual study space. I think it's also quite sweet, but I don't think that's what we need. How, in terms of socialising, so you said you had your sister and your dad, but did you manage to keep in touch with other people and kind of like maintain some kind of social life or did you find that to be difficult oh. since everything was virtual? When it was just me and my laptop, it became a kind of like a bit of a routine. So I got used to doing like film nights and stuff like that, like everyone did. And I feel like in terms of uh, lockdown socialising that we all have a certain like bingo. And if I mention, I don't know, uh, Zoom movie nights, Zoom quizzes and Zoom drinks that somehow someone somewhere wins, like has a full house, like we all do the kind of similar thing. But yeah, I actually, this is, it was very, very risky of me to, I started a relationship in November, 2020. And I remember, now we'd only been dating for a couple of weeks by this point that my now boyfriend took me to the station as I was on my way back to back to Scotland and I sort of nudged him and went can we do zoom dates 
And I totally thinking that that's like the most unattractive, unappealing suggestion in the entire world. And I was met with a resounding, oh, thank Christ, you said it before I did. I was thinking the exact same thing. And so the whole of Lent term, I actually kind of built the building blocks of a relationship, which I'm now benefiting from. So multiple times a week we would do uh, video dates or we would call and go on walks. Yeah, as someone with sort of like a profound anxiety for um, what other people want or a kind of lack of faith, that's the word. So I obviously had that because I'm not a complete and 100% optimist. But oddly enough, at a time in Lent term where everything was locked down, the country was in lockdown, Scotland was in lockdown, no one was moving, I actually had a relationship which was making its first tentative steps into something which I think is really important. And yeah, so in terms of socialising, I, I did not too badly, actually. I did not too badly. I think you actually touched on a really good point about how so many of like the relationships we made during Michaelmas felt quite tenuous in a way. Like we'd only just met them and like you've seen them like not as much maybe to build a really deep connection or like a long-standing connection. And you think you're going to come back in Lent term and like strengthen those relationships, but then you're just getting shipped to like various parts of the globe, being told that you're going to be doing university from your bedroom and stuff. But um, it's nice that we're still able to maintain those relationships and kind of deepen them while still at home. I feel we all had that fear that we just lose everyone we know and like we wouldn't have any sort of kind of relationship over Lent term. But here's the thing, that what you have just stated, everyone was feeling, everyone was feeling that anxiety. So I don't know, especially coming back for Easter term, everyone is like, it's as if we finished Michaelmas term a week ago and we were just back because everyone is so into the idea of just being together and being with different people and yeah, strengthening those relationships that we made in Michaelmas term and also during Lent term in terms of like Zoom stuff or I suppose the the two people that were in college during Lent term. And the thing is, it's almost at the end of, of, of week one of Easter term as we were recording this and that kind of reintroduction into Cambridge life. No one seems to have noticed that time has flat, that no one seems to have noticed that time has actually passed, that quite a lot of time has actually passed since we've last seen each other. But the fact is there's been no new introductions. We don't need introductions. We already, we're just so ready to just be together again. Collective effervescence. Yeah, Oh, exactly. that's lovely. That's exactly. lovely. That sounds like a rave. Just kind of that nice that. bubbly feeling of like being together, at least that's what I think about it. And that's what it's like when we're sitting outside, like, eating dinner all together or like you know going into town going to a library it's just so different being being able to connect with other people in person and being able to kind of feed off of people's energy and their personality and maybe for the people who feel like they have been a bit disconnected and stuff like with lockdown easing and stuff there's going to be so many more avenues to meet people from different colleges or different societies and stuff and strengthen those relationships as like as we kind of enter like the next stage of lockdown easing. I haven't been disappointed by like the people that I've met here. I think everyone's absolutely lovely. If you stick your head out the window for long enough, under the window, the door for long enough, someone else will also stick their head out the door and then you can have tea together. Yeah. And it's so nice having that kind of like immediate support as well. Like no matter, mm. kind of no matter what's happening, there's somebody's door you can knock on and be like, I just need to come sit in your room and talk for 30 minutes, you know? 
Like there's always somebody who's available to listen to you or to be there for you. And like, definitely for me, that was really different. Being at home was kind of like, well, you know, my parents are working, my sister's in school. We're not, we're all in completely different rhythms. So it's a lot harder to have that like kind of spontaneous interaction because we're not living the same version Mm -hmm. of life. At least when you're all living in the same building, you know, your meals are relatively at the same time. Your, your work schedules are pretty similar and you know, like you can knock on somebody's door and they'll probably come say hi, unless they're in a supervision. Like there's just a different kind of, um, I don't know. Supervision doesn't even rules. mean anything to my family. It's like if I would say like, can you all please be quiet? I'm in the supervision. They'd be like, what's the supervision? And just continues the bracket and screaming. I do feel like as well, I don't know if you guys felt it as well, but definitely during Lent time, my poor, poor boyfriend, I was so candid and intense on zoom calls is anyone else just more intense on a zoom call than in day-to-day life i had hella mood swings during lockdown please say that's not just me oh no definitely not just you oh thank god for that i was was unbearable i was yeah the fact that anyone still speaks to me after the way (laughs) i behaved during lockdown zoom calls i just I felt like nobody was coming forward and saying like, this is so difficult. I was sort of under the impression that it was just me. It's nice hearing you say that as well. It feels so Shakespeare to say that I've, we've all had a collective trauma, but it's actually kind of true. We've all kind of, we've all been living under a stone, but that stone has great Wi-Fi, possibly. <laughs> and so we're all kind of underneath that going, okay, this was actually quite awful. <laughs> But I suppose I do I do get this, that no one wants to kind of indulge in the fact that we're all having a horrible time because then no one finishes a conversation like that positively. However, maybe just one conversation about how this is all terrible is quite good. I, I don't think any of us should be scared to think, to look back on the past couple of months and go, yeah. like, no comment. But I think what you were saying before about like, even even if you felt like you were being too candid, having people to be that honest with was really important. Like I know for me, I had a couple of friends who it got to the point where we would just call each other to have somebody on FaceTime while we would do our work because we just needed like that feeling of being in the room with somebody else. You do need to have some level of friendship or something like with somebody so that you feel like you have an outlet or a place to go. And I will say like, I genuinely would not have become that close with those friends if I hadn't had that experience. So it's weird to be like, oh, I'm actually quite glad about something that came out of such a terrible time, but I really wouldn't have that friendship in the way that I have it now if we hadn't gone through that together. I don't know if you feel similarly about your relationship with your boyfriend. Oh my God, I have pondered this so much. What would my relationship look like if we had gone any differently? But that is the biggest waste of time I think anyone could ever think of as, oh yeah, what if COVID hadn't happened? Oh, I don't have time in my head for this. I'm such an anxious person as it is. This is one thought that I just don't need to have. Have I thought about it? Of course I have. Of course I have. But no, I think doing Discord dates actually kind of benefited me because I found someone who is more than happy to hear me ramble on unnecessarily about so many so many different things so yeah I, I I thought it was quite a nice experience quite a nice experience because 
as as much as like Lent term, no one went out. We still had uni. So I found my anecdotes were, oh yeah, my supervisor said this funny thing to me today. That was my anecdotes. That was everyone's anecdotes was what their supervisor said to them today because the supervisor is the only non-family person that you will see on a regular basis. Like those kinds of little moments of connection are so nice. I would say that I think it's like, it's so important to realize that you are not just here to do a degree. If you want to just do a degree and do nothing else, then by all means, the Open University is there for you, it's there for all of us. But we are here like a collegiate university because so, like the, the social aspect of it is so important. I would say more important than the academic one because the social life can exist on its own, but a, a healthy academic life cannot possibly exist without a healthy social life as well it just can't exist definitely agree because I think during Lent I I mean I tried to get involved in a few things but it's obviously difficult because I find it a lot more tiring to be involved in things virtually than um, in person but being back the most exciting thing has been what can I get myself into like what are the things that I can start joining the societies I can be part of I've just been trying to fill my plate with as much as I possibly can because I'm just desperate to make up for all the lost time I may have said before but I'm really really bad at like Cambridge emails or kind of going into like a spam like other folder so I was kind of just detached from the whole university thing and I was missing every single like the welfare email that just didn't and all the society stuff I was just kind of missing every single one of them now I feel like properly making the effort to do the email things like do the zoom call stuff no matter how tedious it can be sometimes is really important I guess some small part of me enjoyed it a little bit because I can be quite introverted but like there's only so long you can be an introvert for eventually think, like you want to see people I think that's an incredibly good point I love that that to be introverted you can be introverted but on a time limit everyone is an extrovert to an extent I think everyone's had that on nights out or just anywhere where you're like I need to go home now I'm bored of everyone and everything and I hate everyone like ex like to be an extrovert has a time limit but also to be an introvert also has a very much has a time limit what are you looking forward to in terms of Easter term and the next few months to come oh just chatting rubbish with people like I don't want to have an academic conversation with anyone or it can be academic and fine but I want to do it on someone's floor like I want it to be like I would just want to have conversations with people and I don't mean that in a kind of like I'm using you for my like emotional stability like I just want to get to know people more and more and more I probably will go clubbing again this is not me like doing like an ultimatum to myself. This is not me stating a fact. All I am stating is that if I have an option between going clubbing and just like going to like Tesco's as a group, then it's the last <laughs> I will choose. I'm more than happy to do my own thing just with other people around me. I don't know if, if that's um how you guys feel. That's so much. It is the, like a common theme down this podcast is that, oh, it's the people, it's the little things, but it really is that like even yesterday, I remember just going into like Izzy's room with like another flatmate for like ages, just talking. And then like dinner rolled about and I was thinking, look how the time flies. If this was me during like Lent term, I would have just been studying in my room. Just those mundane moments, like going into someone's room for like a chat. The word mundane is going to have a different meaning now post-COVID. It's going to mean like sort of mundane is now going to mean like silently hopeful. Because yeah. just doing things that we used to be able to do, it is it's an it's a it's a kind of physical optimism. It also kind of 
proves that computerization of like everything, Zoom calls, you cannot beat real human interaction. You, you just can't beat chatting to friends. If either of you guys have any last thoughts before we finish up? I would just say in terms of in terms of human content, in terms of everything, I have realized that I am incredibly old fashioned. I'm an old man at heart and I have realized that more so than anything. Yeah, my boyfriends and I, we sent each other letters over lockdown. And I honestly recommend that everyone write someone a letter. Please, just to please to God, just write someone a letter because guaranteed it will be nice. Guaranteed I don't know they if will I love it. I can even physically write anymore. That's how long <laughs> it's been of like online notes and like online lectures and online everything and typing and That's stuff. But day, I will try. I will take out my pen. Post offices and post boxes still do exist. So please. The big red things, we haven't used them in years, but please, they do still exist, please. If people, if like listeners wanted to like slide into my DMs or something before I, with Ben Homerton, like knock on my door, because like there's so much talk about like friendships and stuff. And I know there's, there's someone somewhere who's feeling maybe isolated that this year didn't go like as they had planned and stuff. And like there mm-hmm. are just so many good eggs and stuff. And like we just all want to talk to you. Yeah. Right, if there are any Scottish people, please slide into my DMs because I have not met another Scottish person since being here. Colin, thank you so much for being here. It was so lovely to have you. It was absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for having me and listening to me Twitter on. Finally, we sat down with Zara, who told us about her term away from Cambridge, including her struggles to come back to college and the lack of mental health support that she received. But we also heard about the ways that she managed to cope. So hey everyone, I'm Zara. I study history and politics at Homerton. I'm a fresher. And during Lent, I made the decision to go back to Bahrain, which is where I was born and raised and where my family lives. I The restrictions are a bit better there, so I thought it made sense to go back. And that's where I waited out Lent and quarantine. So did did you ever think about coming back to Cambridge or did you? Oh, definitely. I definitely wanted to come back. I had made plans to get an Airbnb with some friends because my mental health at the time wasn't the best at home. And obviously college was being really awful with letting people back. So that was my plan. But unfortunately, things in my personal life had meant that I had to I had to stay put. And it worked out in the end, but it was definitely my preference to go back. In terms of my own mental health, so I've been on my own sort of journey. I've personally found counselling incredibly incredibly helpful and that and a combination of antidepressants has really lifted me out of a deep depression that I suffered for on and off for like two years so I was in a really good place coming to uni and for the first time in my life I thought I, I had recovered and the worst part was you know being at home where a lot of my trauma came from and you know that was the reason why I had fallen into depressive episodes and you know being back in that environment definitely triggered me in many 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 ways and to you know to have no support to turn to to not even be able to go back to Cambridge where I feel my best self supported by my friends who love me and I'm in a good environment for my mental health that you know I think mental health is such an investment how can you expect it to do work how can you be expected to be productive when you are depressed when you are anxious when you are suffering from mental health problems it just it blows my mind how people don't consider that you know your mental health is the most important thing your well-being is the most important thing yeah oh I'm I'm really sorry that you had that that you and like and Theola and like so many people who tried to get back have had that same experience you know I think one of the things that I've noticed since I've been back is everybody who I speak to 
is like, yeah, Lent was really difficult. Lent was really, really mm. hard. But I had one, like when I was at home, I had no idea that anybody else was finding it hard. I was alone back in my childhood bedroom, back where, you know, all the bad stuff was happening. And I really expected myself to function like normal when I didn't have friends, when I didn't have, you know, a good mental health support system. So do you think that Hamilton or Cambridge in general is like accommodating of neurodivergency? I'm not gonna lie, my personal tutor and my DOS have just been angels. Both have been so supportive. I, I know I mentioned how much I was struggling in Lent with doing work at home just because I was in my childhood trauma-filled bedroom, just in the easiest environment to do work. And also just the lack of structure, lack of motivation. It was really, really hard. So I like sent her an email, I was like, look, I am struggling. And she said, Zara, like your brain just works in a different way to other people. And we just need to learn how to accommodate that. And then when she said that, it just gave me so much hope. And she, you know, she put me through to the DRC. I I have study school support sessions now with a really lovely lady who, you know, talks to me through different methods. And I have mentoring sessions as well. And it's been really, really great. They've, like, I mean, that in that aspect, in the more technical one-to-one personal side, I feel really supported especially in figuring out what best works for me. I'm not there completely, um, but all my tutors, supervisors have been really, really helpful. In terms of college's response, like as a centralized system, as a whole, as an institution, I think not letting me back was awful because like I, for neurodivergent people, especially when they're suffering from mental health issues, to be at home and, you know, trying to be productive and work, deal with the Cambridge workload and to have that completely ignored and written off. It just almost shows the college's attitude towards neurodivergency and how they don't really respect it or view it the same as other disabilities, perhaps. And that's re- it, it's sad. It really is sad. So while I, I have had really positive experiences on an ind- individual level, and I'm really excited to learn more about my brain and how it works and, you know, finding how to fit my the puzzle pieces in this crazy Cambridge world. I do think, you know, your divergent people need to be put at the centre of, you know, whatever dialogue it is about letting people back because they're often overlooked. But you said you so you tried to get back with your friends. Did you manage to stay in touch with people while even though you were kind of remote and like what was the experience of socializing completely online after having had a term in person? See, something I find really helpful is voice notes because I find typing things out really hard and like formulating messages. So I will literally just send voice notes because it feels like I'm just, you know, saying what I'm thinking and that's really helpful. Like I found you can overthink socializing just because you don't get so much of it during lockdown and so just like things like oh like this zoom call is happening at this time this week and I'm gonna go um has been really helpful for me because I got to connect with my friends over zoom I mean zoom is awful and it's much better like having the chance to see my friends in real life but it was really nice and I do feel like I came back to college with stronger friendships in some regard I feel like also the onset of in-person societies will soon also open up socializing routes societies linking up after the end of lockdown and stuff which brings me on to I guess are about your experience because you're in like a thousand societies and you run like all of them so your experience with like leadership at home not gonna lie I my self-esteem was shit at home my self-esteem was really really bad at home my, my imposter syndrome was all-time high and like having you know I won an election during, <laughs> during Congratulations. thank you I won an election I got like elected no I got appointed you know events director for Fuse I was made co-president for the Homerson May Week like it was just like when May Week committee and like all that like sort of brought me out of my stupor a little bit and was like hey like people actually really rate you 
just having that like motivation of that like hey I can do stuff um contrary to like you know the feelings of my childhood bedroom um that really helped me like sort of mobilize people and you know bring people together in a way because I had that sort of external validation it's all about people in it like I keep saying it, it is all about people like you know raising people up you raising people up it's like a circular thing collective healing circle of life kind of be like it really is so we've said it was terrible Lent was a really horrible experience but did you come up with any ways to deal with it like were you able to do anything that helped you stay like grounded or connected to the university or connected to your friends like what things did you manage to do if anything Mm, really good question I'd say society stuff was really helpful because it gave me sort of like a bigger purpose and connected me with lots of like-minded people and gave me sort of this drive well I was spending time with friends um I'm really big into mindfulness and meditation so taking the time to like really ground myself in the present had, had been really helpful so, like things like meditating every day and being kind to myself like one of the most valuable pieces of advice someone's ever given me that like lives in my head rent free is treat yourself like a friend like you would not be as mean to yourself to as mean to a friend as you are to yourself and just like making that distinction between how you treat yourself and how you treat your friends is really important and like the the knowledge that you we are in a very different set of times we have so much stripped away from us you, you you've taken away so much critical from your life so so many critical things from your life and so just like doing what you can just accepting acceptance is really beneficial for me so just accepting like i am here right now it's not my ideal situation i'm just gonna do things that bring me joy like watching netflix or like i don't know doing yoga without judgment the more realistic grounding aspect of it what about you Fiona what have you found helpful yeah just living my introvert truth going for walks on my own journaling on my own talking to myself in the mirror the only other thing that we haven't really talked about is kind of what you might be looking forward to about Easter term and second year and now that you're back and yeah what are you what are you excited about what are your feelings about Easter and the kind of next few years to come I'm so excited. I'm excited beyond belief. I'm so excited to like have a proper Cambridge experience, to, like see people, to meet people, to live my best life. I'm also excited to like just, you know, do do more of my course and specialize more and learn more about exciting like things. Like, I don't know, sometimes I feel really empowered in supervisions when I'm learning about these big cool concepts. Yeah, the nerd came out. And yeah, I'm just excited to do Cambridge you know not in my childhood bedroom I'm so excited what about you guys what are you excited about yeah I feel the same way like I'm excited to do Cambridge in Cambridge as for me I think the main thing like the definite thing I'm excited for is that small small period where we're at Cambridge but lockdown's like completely ended like the days after June the 21st what do you guys Um, think about that do you think June 21st is going to happen out of curiosity uh, well, I've kind of put like my whole hopes on it, so it better happen. Mm. Like the manifesting <laughs> into existence, it, the twenty first will happen. Um, I wasn't really like uns uns like, oh, we're gonna go rave like a person before, but um, yeah, I can even see the pill like in, of clubs now that they'll soon be open and stuff, and like just being in in crowds and kind of that. This is gonna sound so that like, out there and just irrelevant but <laughs> studying this thing and then Durkheim he's a sociologist 
says something about collective effervescence and it's about how like you gain a sense of like society and a sense of like the collective through like rituals and stuff and just being together I'm really excited for like having those kind of like massive group experiences where you kind of yeah. feel really euphoric and stuff just so <laughs> no. much like euphoria in the I totally room and, get like it. good energy and stuff Zara thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for being here it's been such a pleasure to talk to you well that's it for episode one I hope you enjoyed listening to me and Theola chat with Colin, Ashlyn, and Zara, and that, like me, you heard something in their experience that reminded you of yours, or maybe that, like they did, you learned something from this very strange virtual term. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.